Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Rich Linville on the line, and he's a writer, editor, and author of children's books. Rich, first off, just want to say welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Rich, so our, our editor here at Mission Matters, she, Hillary, Hillary Crawford, shout out to Hillary. She was telling me about you, and she's like, and how many books have you written? Quite a few. How many? I've published over 300 children's books since 2013, and I enjoy <laughs> doing it. And they're fiction, nonfiction, and they're all grade levels from preschool to adulthood. Holy smokes, Rich. How do you do it? 300. That's a significant amount of books. Like, like how, not only how did you do it, but like, where did all this start? What happened was in 2013, I enjoyed teaching for 45 years mm. and all grade levels from preschool up to college. And when I retired, my wife said, you're bored, honey. I said, yes, dear, I'm <laughs> bored. She said, call your grandchildren and ask them what kind of books they like. I said, why? She said, you've been telling stories for 45 years. You might as well write them. I said, I can't write. She said, honey, call your grandchildren now. <laughs> so I called them up. My granddaughter loved unicorns. My grandson, he liked Greek myths and fables. And so as a storyteller for 45 years, because that's what you are when you're a teacher, is you do storytelling and the kids mm -hmm. love the stories. And so what happened is I wrote some children's books and my granddaughter and grandson loved them and I went to schools and as I went to schools I would present the children my books and talk about them and ask the children what kind of books they liked and they would tell me dinosaur books or they liked different stories of mm -hmm. any kind that they tell me and I would take notes and keep track of them and so then I started writing and I couldn't stop and what happened was I had fun doing it I have a I have illustrators that uh, give me the illustrations that I can put in the book, and I, I organize those and put those around, and I, I'm constantly editing and re-editing and re-editing. As a teacher, you realize that no book is perfect. They always have mistakes or typos or mm. uh, misinformation. And I had an administrator come up, and he said, your science book doesn't have the right information about within it. And I said, well, that's okay. I said, I, I use that as a lesson to the kids not to believe everything they read in books. And he goes, you don't want to buy any new books? I said, no, we'll keep these. They're doing fine. So I, I just enjoy writing. I've always got four or five books on my mind that I want to write about, fiction, nonfiction. I just finished 15 women in science, women in science, because in the past, Women were treated like they couldn't do science, and actually that's wrong. They're not only as as good as men in science, but they've proven that they can do things that before they said we couldn't do. And so yeah. I enjoyed writing that, that book. A lot of Aesop fables, I rewrite them or change them. And at the end of the Aesop fables, I'll ask, what do you think is the meaning of this Aesop fable? And then I'll give three choices. But the fourth choice is, I think it means... Because I want the child to realize that over the years, the meaning to Aesop fables or to any stories has changes. And mm. that it doesn't have the same meaning today as it did a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. And so what happens is that I get more compliments about, I like the way you have my child think about what can be the meaning of this story. And they can have their own idea and they can have their mm. own thought about what it means. But when I talk... What? Go ahead. 
I want to stay in the beginning a little bit longer here because there's people okay, that are listening to this. A lot, lot of business owners, a lot of executives, entrepreneurs, writers. Like, let's stay in the beginning just a little bit longer. So you're at your first book. You mentioned you have illustrators. You have like all these things. Like, talk to me about building up the infrastructure and what that took. Because you're not the illustrator. I understand that you edit and that you write, but like, like, how did that process start in the beginning? Because I'm hoping that some people may listen to this and whether it's children books or other books or otherwise, like I want them to be inspired to go off and write too. Because that's, I feel like as creators, it's one of the best things we can do. So how did you build that infrastructure of illustrators or whatever it took? When I first started, I kept looking online for illustrators for children's books. And I found someone that would not charge me too much. She she charged a fair amount, which I could afford. And yeah. I took those illustrations, and I was one of the first teachers in my school to use PowerPoint. And with PowerPoint, the beauty of PowerPoint is not only can you put move illustrations around and enlarge and shrink and add to them, mm-hmm. but you can put up a question. So I would say to my students, what happened on the Titanic? Or I'll say, who is this story about? And we'd always start off with questions because that was my way of teaching. I, I wanted to teach students to look up the answers or to figure out the answers, either using their book or later on it became the internet or discussing mm-hmm. it as a group because I wanted them, they learn more from each other than they did from the teacher. So I was not mm-hmm. sage on the stage. I would be a facilitator and I'd say, look it up. Then what happened was I started writing these books and as a teacher, I've been editing stories for a long time, and so I would walk away. I, I would write, get up, walk away, do something else, and then come back and read it, and I'd go, no, that's not right. I'm going to change that. And with mm. PowerPoint, it's easy to change your text. It's easy to move your text around on the picture. And so if you look at my books, you'll see I'm the kind of teacher that I use a lot of visuals. I want students to see, so I'll have lots of pictures and they can see uh, an example of what the Mayflower ship looked like if you threw a cross-section, or you get to see inside of it. And then I'll have information that re- or labels that relate to that, and I move that around and play with it. So when you're writing, try to get as many people as you can to read what you write and to give you feedback. Mm-hmm. But also realize your close friends and your relatives, they're going to say it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you- so okay, constructive somebody, feedback is what we're going for, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I keep saying. I'm not, I, I don't want to, it's great. I want to know what, how can I improve it or what do you suggest yeah. I do or what do you think I should do? And so you want to try and get as much feedback as you can. The beauty I found for me as a self-publisher is that I don't have to pay someone to publish for me. And mm. you have to be careful, and this is extremely important. There are a lot of scams on the internet about companies that said they will publish your book, but the fine print is they're gonna charge you lots of little money and you don't, you're not aware of that until it's too late. Yeah. Did you These go self-publishing from the beginning or did you work with publishers first? Publishing. Like how, from no, the beginning. I self-publishing from the beginning, but mm-hmm. because I had a friend who said, you know, you realize that you're not in it for the money because what happens is that most parents buy children's books written by when they were a child. And so mm. the Dr. Seuss is very popular because when you were a child, you had it, and so you give it to your children. Yeah. So you do it because you I never you enjoy really doing thought it. about that, actually, Rich, what you just said. 
So it's like, uh-huh. it's kind of like the consumer. So it's like, well, who's the one buying it? It's going to be the parents, duh. So you, yes, what are you going to get, right? That makes so exactly. much sense. So, <laughs> so that's why those but, brands can also be so enduring. Yeah. Yes. And then so what happens is that you still have fun doing it. You, you're mainly doing it for the fun of it and the enjoyment and the insights. You you learn a lot. I learned more as in my one year of teaching than I did my four years of college. Because when you teach something, you have to mm. know it. And when the kids say, why do we study this? You have to have different <laughs> answers because there's always that kid who says, I, I, because I, hate I said math. so doesn't <laughs> work, right? That's no, not a good... no, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> and I usually have the kids answer why we study it. I'll say to you, okay, why do you think we study this? What good is this? What, how, who cares about this stuff? And why should yeah. you care? And I say, you can hate this. You don't have to like, I don't like everything. You don't have to like everything, but just learn as much as you can and do the best you can. And don't worry about it. You you might need it in a job someday. And then you'll go, oops, I should have paid more attention. So that's when you're doing with writing, you just have fun with it and you Mm. get different people to, to, to review it and to make comments. And then you do editing and re-editing and re-editing constantly even when I publish the books, what's nice about Amazon, publishing on Amazon, is that I can always re-edit my mistakes and fix them mm-hmm. up and go back and, and change them. So I'm using yeah. PowerPoint, and then you save them as a PDF, yeah. and, and then you publish them. And I'm a big fan of Amazon and just and their publishing and otherwise. And we, I mean, we use that as publishers, too. It's just for anything indie world or even small publishers. Like, we're not Penguin. We're not, you know, on our end. So we've published a little over 400 authors, but by no means do we have huge warehouses. So using Amazon's infrastructure for printing, I think, is is a great step for people out there, especially authors that aren't necessarily proven yet or don't have a track record of sales or a huge list or something. So they don't, they don't normally want, they don't necessarily want to do a run of a thousand or 10,000 or whatever, which, which can bring the cost down a little bit for, for, and it can make it more profitable if you're in this for, you know, the profit, I'm just saying for, for those out there that have different concepts of books. And Rich, I'm, I'm curious about your end in terms of the marketing side and what you do to just to reach more readers. I know you mentioned you're not in this, you you know, it was after retirement and you're doing this out of the, the love and the learning and all the other experience, but, but how do you, but every author wants to reach more readers, have more people read their work because you're ultimately doing this to benefit the children, the parents and others. How do you expand your reach and your footprint? How do you get your, get your name out there? I've tried different methods. Sometimes I'll use the Amazon advertising, and especially for the holiday ones, those it works on the holiday books. That's so interesting. How that how that work for you? Is it? I, I think we've experimented a little, but we haven't done anything really serious on that yet in no, terms of spend. But it's, it seems interesting. Yeah, I don't lose money, which is fine. I mean, oh, that's great. You pay, that, you, you, you you're breaking explosion. even on that. That's amazing. I, I'll, I'll either break even or make a few dollars and. Again, it's the exposure. You're getting more and more people yeah. that are exposed to your books. The nice reviews that I get when somebody says, I use Richland those books for my children because they learn so much more than they would at school. Wow. And, and now that's to me. I had one parent say. And that's what um, you're in this for. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When the, the fun of it and the enjoyment of it. And, but again, anybody who wants to make money on it, it, the key word there is, of course, advertising. But there's no guarantee. Again, you're dealing with an audience that can. What I like about Amazon is they give you a sample book to read. So if you don't like it, you can 
uh, read the sample and say, hey, I want to read this or I don't want to read this. And that's the beauty yeah. of Amazon. Um, I had one How about review the, that was... Social... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was saying, I had one review that was a, a one out of five. And she said, fix this and fix that and fix this and fix that. And I went back and I fixed it. And it was nice to have that constructive criticism that here's wow. somebody who read my book and said I needed to fix these parts. One person said one page was blurry and they couldn't read it. And I thought, oh, oh okay, i got to fix that page. And so it's nice to get that feedback from reviews that I, I don't mind a review of, of one or two or, or, or some people say they give zero if they could. But I don't mind that because that helps me give information and, and uh, feedback mm, for what I need data. to and improve the book. Yeah, the data. And that's absolutely that's what's your what's your feeling on social media like do you do much on social media to get out there what what's your what's your thoughts there i use facebook a lot mm. and i have some followers and i have people that can give me the thumbs up or give me the the nice comments or give me a nice feedback or give me the comment of i suggest you read this book you should check this book out so mm. that, those things are nice from somebody who's actually read the book and and recommend it to other people and it's word of mouth kind of thing that except that mm. it's on Facebook or people are kind of saying, check this out or look at it out. Basically, Facebook's what I do. Talk to me about your vision for the future for this rich Linville empire of children's books. You didn't say that. <laughs> I'm saying it because you got an empire, hundreds of books under the title. Tell me about the vision for the future. Well, I just want to keep doing it. And in fact, I've always got, like I said, four or five books in my head right now that I want to write about and discuss. I have a friend who's published books for adults, and he's got a hundred books in his house. And I said, what are you going to do with those? And he said, well, I can't sell them. Every place I go, it's, they don't want them or I'm stuck with them. And I thought, oh, my God. But he wants me to write them as a children's version. So I'm taking his book that talks about Kennedy and PT-109 and, and World War II, and he wants me to put them as a children's version. So I've been doing that, some of his books. And he says that he likes that. He only writes for adults, and I'm doing his book for children. Well, I like the creativity. I like the, the thought process, and I love that you're doing it for the love of the craft, really, like to get it out there, to get the reader feedback, to get better, and just to continue improving and uh, to get the work out there. Because I, I feel it's almost like, or I should ask you, do you feel like it's almost an extension of your teaching, like all those years in the classroom and everything else that you did and giving back that way, and now this is another way to give back? Am I off? Absolutely. And, and thanks to my wife who encouraged me to do it. And I kept saying, I'm not going to do it. Let, let's be real. You were bugging her. She's like, oh, this guy's got, come on, man. You used to when you were at work all day. No, <laughs> you're bored. Get, get, do something. <laughs> Driving me crazy. <laughs> exactly. That's You got that one right. So shout out, of, to, uh, shout out to Rich's wife. Thank you for many I, things. I owe it all to her. Exactly. Getting them out there, we'd be 300 books less. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I owe everything to her. It's the feedback, and it's it's the nice compliments. When when I had I wrote one about Johnny Appleseed, and a, a father wrote me an email, and he says, I want to thank you because my son and I, after we read the book, he wants to plant an apple tree in our yard, and we're going wow. to do it, and he's all excited about it. And together, we get to do something together, and it's it's going to be the future. Also, I learned in my teaching the first day, I would say to the kids, why are there bullies and what do you think you can do about them? And mm. talk about a discussion. I mean, all these comments from kids and all these thoughts and all these information. 
I had one class that said, we've got a, a bully in the class. I had sent a student down to the office to, to get something for me. And when he left, another student raised his hand and he said, so-and-so is a bully. I said, what? Mm. I said, well, I said uh, well, if he's a bully, I can call the police. We can have the, I can talk to the parents. I can, I can report this. It doesn't do any good because he'll do it after school. I says, well, what do you want? We want suggestions. I said, what do you guys think you can do? We don't know. I said, well, first off, travel in a group. When you're in a group, you make sure the bully doesn't pick on anybody. And you stand between, as a group, you stand between the bully. And I don't call him a victim. I call him the target because a victim acts like he can't do anything, whereas a target is what they're looking for, just some target of some sort. Yeah. And so I said, any other ideas? And then we talked about it. A few days later, I sent him to the office. I said, okay, you guys, what's the follow-up? They said, it worked. And after school, he was picking on somebody, and we all stepped between, and we said, we don't do that here. And he stopped. And I thought, good for you guys. You handle it. So in my wow. book, I have what's called role-playing, where you role-play that somebody has pushed you in the back, a bully has pushed you from behind, what do you do? And it's meant for the students and, and adults and counselors to talk about it and to think about it and then here's and then i give some possible suggestions one suggestion could be keep going and find a, a safe adult because when you turn around and try to face them unless you're good in karate or or sports and they might have a gun or they might have a weapon or some sort to hurt you because you just if they're pushing you you've got some speed now get away to a safe adult and consider that if you say nothing the bully mm -hmm. will continue to be a bully if you say something then maybe and you keep saying something until somebody handles it and takes care of it and be responsible. But mm. those are the scenarios that I set up in terms of what to do yeah. as a bully and why is somebody a bully? There's many reasons I, that I give why somebody could be a bully. But the, one of them is some people are just bullies. They're plain bullies. The mm. other thing I did is, as a teacher is I always had students say, I can't do that, or I hate math, or that's too hard, or I hate reading, or I hate this subject. And I would say, you can hate it. There are things I hate, but all math is is seeing a pattern. And if you can see... You're like, it, wait until you become an adult and you got to go to work every day. You might not like that one that much. <laughs> don't worry, kids aren't listening to this one, Rich. It's an adult, so we don't curse, but... <laughs> <laughs> really tell me you hate <laughs> if you haven't done this one yet rich i want one, I want one of you to be wait till you're an adult <laughs> and you'll I find out how important wait this until is. you're an adult and then wait until you're adults the title and then some of the points in there is going to work paying bills and list like the top three or four and, and and the point is is that we want kids to know that when they're kids they got it pretty good that's the moral well, of the story. They got it. I said to my teenagers, I'd say, hey, you guys, you know what's worse than being a teenager? And they would go, nothing's worse than being a teenager. I go, yes, there is. No, there's not. I said, there is something worse than being a teenager. What's that? Being the adult of a teenager, being the parent of a teenager is the worst thing. And they know. And I said, you'll find out when you're an adult. You'll see when you're an adult. Right. I want that children's book. <laughs> Then the kid for the parents to read. Okay, every time the kid's <laughs> acting up. All right, you know what we're reading for the bedtime story today. Wait until you're an adult. <laughs> um, 
Rich, hey, I just want to say first off, thank you for coming on the show. This has really been a lot of fun. I think it's truly admirable what you're doing and continuing to add you know, add to add to the world and to give your gift of teaching to others and to future generations as the books live on. Um, that being said, a lot of people listening to this, if somebody wants to follow up, wants to pick up some of your collection, wants to connect, how do people do that? Well, first of all, my Amazon account is amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Rich Linville, all one word. And my phone number is 209-918-2534. And my email is teachersask at yahoo.com. And there's a joke that goes with that. A little kid goes, is looking forward to kindergarten, all excited. Mom packs his lunch, gives him his backpack. He goes to school, comes home, throws down his lunch, throws down his backpack, goes to his room screaming, crying. She said, honey, what's the matter? He goes, I'm not going to kindergarten anymore. That teacher is so stupid. All that teacher does is ask questions. Doesn't my teacher know anything? So that's all teachers do is ask questions. It's mm. great. That's a good way to end it. And speaking of the audience, everybody tuning in on this, if this is your first time with Mission Matters and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Hit the subscribe button. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Ask the question, why am I not hitting the subscribe button? <laughs> Ask some questions, Rich, right? Hit the, hit the subscribe button and we have many more mission-based people coming up for you on the line and, and appreciate you listening and tuning in. Rich, thank you again so much for coming on. And thank you so much. I love this.